Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I am Stuart Roberts and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me, See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello. um, This is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. And um, I'm doing something I don't normally do. I'm doing an intro because this morning, uh, which is a bit weird because I'm back in Essex, and this morning I was in Dublin. But I was talking this morning to Brother Kevin from the Capuchin Day Centre. And we had a limited time even though he's 83 he's such a busy man so we only really had half an hour um and just in case it didn't come across enough how special this person is um i'd really encourage everyone to either before or after go and check out online brother kevin from the capuchin day center in dublin and you know you'll see what an incredible person he is um he started working with the homeless there in 1969. Now, I was, I was seven years old then, and I'm 58 this year, so that's, you know, that's the entire bulk of my life that man has given to the homeless and the people in need in Dublin. Um, you know, he saw the Pope last year, the Pope came, and the Pope said of his trip to Dublin that the highlight was meeting Brother Kevin. I think the Pope was in awe of Brother Kevin, which really, you know, and, and he's so he's so humble, so unassuming that um, honestly, it, it I, I'm still a bit in shock. I, I, I still, I met him four years ago and I still cannot believe the sort of aura around this man. Um, and, and, and it was such a privilege to speak to him. So uh, I just really, you know, hope that as many people as possible listen to this and for anyone who doesn't know him, get to know him because um, we don't have many of these people come along in our lifetimes and um, it was a real privilege. So uh, please enjoy. Right, we begin. Okay. Brother Kevin, I first met you uh, four to five years ago when we first came over to Dublin. Um, and I, I, I was amazed that it took my breath away, the Capuchin Centre. It also, um, the more I found out about you, you you know, you are quite a remarkable man. I know you probably not, don't want me to say that, but you really are. And uh, if, you can, if you could just tell me like your story, because I know you've been here since the late 60s, mm-hmm. since I was about... Yeah. Well, Eight years old, probably. <laughs> we started here in 1969. Yeah. And when we started, we started for the purpose of helping people who left their hostels and who were walking the streets uh, during the daytime. 
And when we started, we had about 50 people coming to the centre. Yeah. And now each morning we open our doors. At, this morning, for instance, we opened at 6 o'clock because it was so cold. And now each morning we'd have anything from 200 to 300 for breakfast. And uh, then afterwards for dinner, we open again at 1 o'clock. And we'd have anything from uh, 500, maybe to 550 to 600. That's six days a week. And then on a Monday morning, as you may have seen <clears throat> the queue out there, yeah. we have uh, mothers and babies for baby food and uh, baby nappies. And that's every Monday morning. And then every Wednesday morning, we would have we give our food parcels. And up to about five or six years ago, we had about 400 people coming for food parcels. Now, every Wednesday morning, we'd have anything from 16 to 1700. And, and that's not just homeless people. It's also people, people who have difficulty making ends meet, people, people who um, had difficulty during the recession and people who had lost their jobs and were also on the verge of losing their homes. So these are the people that we're helping. And I suppose one of the things from here, we don't ask any questions because we feel it's difficult enough for people to be coming to a place like ours without putting all sorts of questions to them. And our main concern really is for the dignity and for the respect of each person coming to the centre. And we have a big number of volunteers and uh, of staff, of course. We have a staff about 18, 18 and 19. Um, all our volunteers are giving their time free. And then, of course, the, the staff have to be, be paid. And we have um, an, an, a full-time nurse. We have a doctor three days a week. We have an optician uh, every fortnight. We have a dentist twice a week. We have a chiropodist twice a week. Um, what else do we have? Then, of course, every morning we have a big number for showers. We'd have maybe up to 20, 30, maybe more for showers every morning. And, of course, then, then, once a month, we have the famous uh, hairdressers. <laughs> Haircuts for homeless. <laughs> Haircuts for homeless, which are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But I suppose... What I see about them, the way they give their time and the great atmosphere that's up to, the great joy and the great spirit they bring to the place. And each each and every one of them, they're so happy. And the way that they work with great dignity and with great respect. I remember on one occasion, um, a lady came with a diagram where the, one, she want, the way she wanted her hair done. And I'm constantly asking them for um, a perm, but I, I haven't yet got it. But it's always great humour. They're absolutely fantastic and it has been a fantastic success. And the number of people who really are available every month, month, once a month, it's unbelievable. They're usually, I think, up to about maybe 30 or 40. It's gone up. That, I think the last count, it's, it's getting to like 50 or 60 they managed yeah. to do now. Yeah. And it's, really, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. So there, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. We, uh, uh, you've raised the point there that struck me a cold very early on when I first came. Because I seem to get a lot of people, they ask me about my work and, and going around mm. the country. And people seem to get quite wrapped up on whether people are deserving whether people are, 
you know, pulling the wool over people's eye. All of these things, they seem to be very... And I say, look, and I often quote the Capuchin Centre because I often say, uh, I remember you saying to me, you know, if they're hungry, we'll feed them. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we, we, don't, we don't ask any questions. No. And then there was one occasion I did ask a lady who drove up in a car and I happened to say to her, look, if you, if you can afford a car, is there any, re- any reason why you should be coming here? Yeah. Or should you be coming here at all? <clears throat> so she showed me her hands and her feet and her face. She was beaten and bruised and battered. And oh. she brought me to the car and she said, this is my home. Oh. This is where I'm living with my yeah. little child. My husband has beaten the daylights out of me and he's constantly beating me. Oh. From that day to this, I have never, 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 I will never ask a person, why are you coming here? Because they have a reason to come here and they wouldn't be coming here only... There's some reason, there's some problem, there's some problem in the home, there's some problems wherever it is. And it's not for us to um, be priding into their personal lives. Mm. Like, for instance, this morning I was down in uh, on the floor and a number of people who were homeless and who had been sleeping out at night time. And um, a group came in, I, I arranged for a group to come in from Simon community, uh, to to uh, try and get them beds at the night time, yeah. but the first the first uh, uh, question they were asking, are, are you a drinker? Have you uh, I, I, have you problems in other places? And part problem. And I tore into them. I said, it would not to be asking these people questions. These people are in need of some place to stay, and it's causing embarrassment to them, and putting 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 pressure on these people and making them feel low and being humiliating them. Yeah. The Holy Father, the Pope, you know, came to visit us here. I know, yeah. And one of his main things he said to us, um, dignity and respect for yeah. each person. Dignity and respect. And that's what we carry through here all down through the years. And to see the hairdressers for the homeless to yeah. see the joy that they bring to these people and there's always great spirit up there oh, and yeah. they show the great dignity <laughs> and great respect yeah. so I can't thank you enough and I can't oh, thank the hairdressers enough for what they're doing it's unbelievable we, honestly every single one of us you know me myself included it's, it's, it's always a privilege and I find and I've, I've said to people it's a great antidote for your own troubles mm-hmm. because no matter how bad things get you, you, you then go and spend a morning with people who've got far less than you. Mm-hmm. And it puts everything in perspective, you know. And it, the gratitude is a wonderful thing. Sure is. And I suppose um, the biggest problems we'd have with the people coming in here, uh, I remember when we started off in 1969, the problem was um, drink. Yeah. And uh, now the huge problem, the huge problem, the drugs. Yeah. The drugs is a dreadful problem. And only for the the expert expertise of the nurses and the doctors, we'd have we would have many deaths here mm. in the centre um, because people overdose. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm very very strong. I will not allow anybody use drugs, or if I know there's anybody using drugs or trying to sell drugs in the centre, I will not let them out. I'm quite strong at that because yeah. they they're only destroy the other people. 
And here every morning as I meet so many people who will not go into hostels because they're afraid to go into the hostels, they're not being properly taken care of. There are other people in the hostels using needles and using drugs and using drink. And a lot of these people have gone through treatment and they're offered the, the drugs and the drink and it's only a place where they may get them again mm. and so they avoid going in. And I don't blame them. No. Um, we, 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 we were told by the homeless agency that we weren't to give out sleeping bags, to give out uh, sleeping bags or tents. Mm. Because, um, and you might have seen or heard where a young man uh, sleeping on a tent was the last week and this um, a bulldozer came along yeah. to me that's a crying shame mm. and I think it was an absolute disgusting that our government would allow such a thing like that to happen with the result I'm not going to refuse anybody for a tent nor I'm not going to refuse anybody for a sleeping bag because if I happen to refuse somebody for a tent and that person is on the street tonight and dies from the cold that's on my conscience yeah so my concern is for dignity, respect of each person. And I don't ask them any questions because I feel that it's impossible, important that um, they be treated the way they should be treated. I, th- I think because even myself, I've had, um, I, you know, as I say, 14 years in recovery. So the first sort of, you know, very early on, I was trying to help other people to overcome their addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew, I knew very little about the homeless world until I got into it. So it was only the start, the first time I went and cut some hair and got to know the guys and speaking to everyone. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of preconceived ideas and I thought everyone was an alcoholic or a drunk or a, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you very quickly get all of those preconceived ideas shattered because mm-hmm. you're talking about human beings um, with, with their own problems um, and it, it's, as you say, it, it, you cannot judge. You cannot judge. You can only, you can only help. I said to someone, I, I just love people and cut, I'll cut hair and love people. That's all I can do. I don't, I don't want to get tied up in all the, all the other stuff because there's no straight answer, is there? Really? Certainly not. And then I suppose the way I look at it, that um, the majority, the majority of people are homeless. They're there because they're there. We don't know. We don't know what problems they had in their homes. Mm-hmm. Maybe thrown out of their homes by their families, um, break, broken up marriages, broken up relationships, and all these things do happen. And uh, we have to show respect for these people, and we have to try and help them. That's what what, what we do here. Mm. We try to help them the best way we can and make sure that um, we give them clothing if they're in need of clothing. <clears throat> I remember one time this gentleman brought in some beautiful clothes and some beautiful suits and um, there were two two of the homeless people came into us and I think they were going to a wedding and they needed a suit and so we gave them uh, a suit each and they, had, they were going down the streets and they were all, all dressed up and of course they were uh, known by the police as being homeless people <laughs> and of course the police thought they were after stealing the clothes and, 
and they pull them in to know where they got the clothes and yeah. where did, where did they steal them from. Yeah. So they were able to tell them, you know, we yeah. got them up on the campus in Dave Centre. Yeah. So they contacted us to know if they were telling us the truth. Because <laughs> they, so, they were so well-dressed. The smartest guys on the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's lovely. I mean, even though it's a wonderful thing, what's happening here, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart to know that it's needed. Because... I go all around the country, all around the UK, and um, this place particularly always, it, it, every time I walk down that street and I see everyone queuing, mm-hmm. it's something, it just, you can't help but break your heart because I almost feel like, I, I, it's like I see the vision of it and it all turns to black and white and it's like I'm in Dickensian times, you know. Um, but I'm going to say something quite pointless really, but... How can we ever change it? Well, I suppose the biggest problem we have in our city at the moment, the housing situation is a problem, a huge problem. And one of the things that really breaks my heart here every day, to see the little children coming in here, coming in from school, and then going back to a hotel in the evening time. And the only food that we really get is what we give them, uh, make sure they have a good dinner. The, The people in the kitchen... They prepare special uh, food for the children because you know make sure that uh, that are something that they will enjoy rather than big big food. Yeah. And those are good children are going back to a hotel in the evening time and try to do their homework in the hotels. Yeah. And the, the, maybe then the next they could be told maybe that evening that this is your last night in the hotel and you have to go and find accommodation somewhere else. And it's 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 shocking really. It's yeah. it's dreadful. And the, the government are saying, you know, that there's, they're doing everything and that uh, there's no need for people to be on the streets. Mm. But the, they are, the people are on the streets and the people yeah. will be on the streets until such time as they will build houses. Yeah. Now we're, we'll be having an election in a few weeks' time and, of course, they're making all sorts of promises. <laughs> but promises have been made so many times that have never been, no. been carried out. I've had um, government ministers and TDs and all coming in here at various times promising all what they were going to do, but certainly nothing nothing has been done. No. I remember one time I was trying to, we were trying to get the, the dental clinic established and the, the Minister for Health at the time, he promised that he would give us help us in every possible way to get out the equipment where we needed. We never got no help at all. Only a friend of mine, uh, her brother, um, was a dentist, and um, she contacted him, and he knew of some dentist that was uh, giving up practice, and uh, um, he he donated his his practice, his equipment to here. So we, the, the dentists that we have here, they, they give their time free. Mm. Everything is free. The teeth, they get free. Everything is free. Fantastic. And the, the doctors, of course, uh, they are paid. We have a, di- a diabetic consultant who comes in um, once a month and she has, she gives us her time entirely free. And um, that is a fantastic, uh, fantastic um, service to the people because, yeah, as you know, the diabetes is a, a very serious problem. Mm. And uh, she's able to get them hospitalised and get them seen to, which is which is great. 
The doctors, of course, the, the, that again is a fantastic service because we have a big number, um, is three days a week for the doctor. And we get terrific support from the Mather Hospital. They give us tremendous support. So we're doing we're doing very well. Yeah. But as I said, I'm saying I'm almost saying I will be saying our dignity, our medical dignity and respect for each person. Yeah, it's something that we've 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 bought into as well because we've realised that it's the most it's the biggest thing that we can give mm-hmm. is. Um, and the gift, the gift we've got is uh, of touch, because there's very society has become very um, people have isolated, and then you know there's the communities are everyone's in their phone, and they're, you know, and people don't touch or hug or you know, mm-hmm. and the fact that we lay hands on people, it's that instant connection, and particularly with the the guys that we meet who have maybe had none of that. You know, because they're, they're almost feel outside of everything. They often say they feel invisible mm. and that no one listens. And so that the moment we we touch someone and we we try we do haircuts and but we often try to do a little head massage and you know and I sometimes get someone who's very angry. You know, like mm. big angry man and you know anger's just fear a lot of the time and it's cured with a big hug a lot. <laughs> I've not been hit yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> so how 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 um, come that you got the uh, and the haircuts got going here in Ireland? You it was um, I just I knew hairdressers from Ireland. Yeah, and they'd all said the same thing that we have a ter- everyone says to you wherever I go they mm. I'm like the homeless man now and everyone says oh it's terrible where we are you know and um, I was going to come and visit some people and I thought as soon as it started to be at the point where. Wherever I go, I'm going to try and start something. So I incorporated a, a trip over with... Um, and the great thing about social media now is that it does draw people together. I know mm-hmm. there's things against it, but... And, and all it took was a few photographs, a few posts on Facebook, hairdressers of Dublin, would you like to come and join me? You know, and, and it just... And it was an instant hit, as it is most cities. You know, as soon as they start doing it, it's so well well received and the people love doing it and and one of them said that how comes it's took an Englishman to come over and get us going <laughs> you know but the great thing is is that they're still going mm-hmm. and they're going under their own you know love and motivation they're just they're carrying on you know but as I said already it, it's it's a tremendous service absolutely mm. tremendous because the guys get their beards trimmed, get yeah. their hair done, and and that is great bantam up there. With, oh, with, yeah. it's, it's it's fantastic. It's very funny. Yeah, because often people say because we have some images and sometimes everything's a bit and we are it's heartbreaking. There's some heartbreaking, sad, sad mm-hmm. stories that that I take home with me sometimes. But I have to tell everyone. But you've got to hear the laughter. You've got to hear, and particularly. The Irish banter. <laughs> so, <laughs> my sister would couldn't believe it when she came over, and she's, you know, she found it hilarious. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, and, and you know, the, the the guys themselves having a laugh, but also, but the camaraderie of everyone. Yeah, I know it's 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 terrific, and the way the way that they treat to people, the, the clients. The great respect. Yeah, that, that's something, something fantastic. So, um, thanks to you 
for starting something which is so important. Yeah. And the hygiene, of course, for people is is, is very, very important. Yeah. And then I said, they can have showers down, they can have mm. a shower if they want to need a shower. So big, a big number would have showers, of course, every morning because they've been out and whatever. Yeah. And then the, 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 that's a, a, a great asset. And then the chiropodists, we have yeah. chiropodists <clears throat> twice a week and that, that again, a change of socks and the change of shoes. We'd have shoes for the people. Um, we, we get in a supply of shoes about every month. Right. And we have a, a contact with a person who we get a, a good discount from. Right. But again, we make, we, again, we, we're very choosy, you know. I, I, I don't believe in uh, um, just try, trying your broken shoes. I, I don't believe in that. No. I, I don't. Um, some people, you know, they're supposed to feel that for most to wear their shoes, somebody else should wear them afterwards. Mm. And I feel that, again, that, that, that's not, that's not, Dignifies. No, yeah. we 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 have a similar thing with the haircuts. Is sometimes people say, they say, oh, you know, are they are they fussy or you know? And I say, well, no more fussy than anyone else. If mm-hmm. someone knows how they want their haircut, they know how they want it. And if it's if they they like it to be how they how they like it, and that you get this thing said that oh well they should be should be grateful, you know. And I go why. Why? <laughs> the human being. Oh, they're human beings. Yeah. Do you remember the time? Uh, there was a problem here with the uh, with the heart. Was it a horse meat? Yeah, there was a problem with meat. And, oh right. And we weren't allowed to. There was certain meat that we weren't allowed to to eat. Right. Yeah. And and um, somebody rang me up one day to know that they had so much meat that they want to give to the homeless and it was this meat that was re- that rejected for like so I said um, would you eat that meat yourself oh no certainly not certainly but then I said you expect the homeless people to eat something that you reject yourself under no circumstances I said would we do something like that yeah. these people I said are, are People who are genuine people, people, human beings, who has to be respected, respected the same as everybody else. Yeah, and I think that's really part of what I want the podcast to do, and and just general, um, it is just breaking down the awareness for people, mm-hmm. you know, of of the preconceived ideas and and all of the all of the things that people. Um, they make their mind up, unfortunately, before they go into this, this contempt prior to investigation. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they, they come and, you know, people, and then we're scared. And I say, look, go to places, go to the Capuchin Centre, go to Whitechapel Mission, go to these places and meet the people who work there and meet the people who, who go, uh, the guests as well. And then you'll find, you'll understand then you'll understand more about what the reality of everything is. So are you happy at the way it's going here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're an amazing bunch of people. Um, as I say, very self-supporting. They do their own fundraising. We've got this thing that's a little bit difficult because of the island, you know, the Dublin being, as, as it were, out of the UK. So, yeah. And sometimes with even like postal things, so I might get given some stuff. Um, but it costs. It, I get it free, but it costs more to send it than it would to buy it. Well, if there's anything that we can do, 
if there's any, if it's costing you any any money in any way, you know, yeah. let us know and we yeah. will um, take care of it. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be fine. They'd rather yeah. it go on the homeless because they they do their they they do sponsored walks and sponsored yeah. parties and. <laughs> They're a grand lot. <laughs> yeah, they're a fantastic group yeah. of people. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So we really and truly appreciate very much. Appreciate, first of all, you and getting the whole thing set up. Yeah. And then the people themselves who are coming here. Yeah. They're a fantastic group of people. Yeah. It's a great band. And we really look forward to the day they come here every month. Yeah. It's something else. So this has been your life, hasn't it? Well, Yes. It's 1969, so that's... It's most of my life. I was born in 62. So for most of my life, you've been here. You must love everyone here. Well... Um, <laughs> they're your family, aren't they? They're my family. And yeah. I, I love them. I love each and every one of them. Yeah. Even though I suppose there are times when I might have to be a little bit... with some... I, I find, I suppose, uh, what what saddens me most of all is to see the little children yeah. going into the hotels. And what saddens me also to see the number of people who have overdosed. Hmm. And uh, probably only, as I said, only for our good medical team, we'd have deaths down on the centre. Hmm. And that's why I'm so strict about drugs if I notice that the, anybody sometimes that try to sell drugs here mm, yeah, and course. they're put out immediately I don't, yeah. I don't allow it at all at all I'm very very strict on that yeah. because the, um, I'm, I'm very conscious about the fact that so many lives are being destroyed through mm. the drugs as you can see with the violence that's here in our city at the moment yeah. with the, the, the drug scene and it's all drug related mm. and, and the number of people you know, young people Cut off and it's crazy. Yeah. And I've been saying we'd have schools in here, they come in to, to visit the place. And when we give them talks, we talk about the importance of um, avoiding drugs and especially when they leave school or mixing them up with our friends, <clears throat> exchanging drugs. Mm. That's a huge, a huge problem. I've got a good friend in England called Paul Hannaford, and he's an ex. He won't mind me saying he's an ex-drug dealer and, you know, a very, you know, uh, at the hardcore part of that life. And he's turned his life around and he now goes to schools. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing that he said to me was the, the, the headmasters would say, um, can you come in and speak to our 16-year-olds? And he'd say, look, you need me to speak to your nine-year-olds because... If I don't speak to the nine-year-olds, you're going to have a problem with them when they're 16. Mm-hmm. And it, what blew him away was he would then go and speak to as young as seven, eight, nine. And they were fully aware of that, lots of things about that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he does an amazing job, you know, of going in and trying to turn young minds around. Because that's where it's got to start, you know, um, rather than before the damage has sort of taken over. It starts at an early age. <clears throat> we, we, we'd have, um, I remember this, we had a young lad, he was only, he started to come in here at about 16 or 17 and the problem then he was drinking and he became uh, an alcoholic and 
then he went from the drink to drugs. I remember one morning he came in, he was, it was a very frosty morning, and he was actually stiff with the cold, and he had a beard, and his beard was frozen. We had to get him thawed out in the showers and get him, I think we, we also had to get him hospitalised because we were afraid he'd die as a result of the cold. Then he came in a few times afterwards again after being on the drugs and uh, he left here one, one day, he left after lunch and that night he was found on the streets dead mm. with a needle stuck in his hand. Mm. He was only about 23 or 24 at the time. My son's age. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We've served some very sad cases. Mm. Um, the drink is a huge problem, of course, mm. as well. We also have, uh, we have, we have uh, a plot up in Glasnevin for those who die who have nobody belong to them. Oh, right. Mm. So you've even got somewhere for someone to rest yeah. <laughs> after they've gone. So yeah, oh, it's 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 been such a privilege to talk to you. Um, oh, thank you very much, and thank you again for starting <laughs> something which is so so important yeah. and so much in need and so much appreciated. Yeah, especially by the clients themselves who yeah. appreciate it so much, and for us here, it's been fantastic. Yeah. and to see those people coming in once a month with the joy and the life of the place you just go upstairs there and it's uh, it's, it's a party it's a party it's absolutely <laughs> a party and I, I'm all the time looking for a perm yeah you've not got one yet have you and you've been asking one. me for five years and I've not <laughs> given you one yet <laughs> uh, I can't think of a better way to end it <laughs> so <laughs> brother so Kevin been, thank you it's been a pleasure talking to you and you and thank you very much indeed for all what you have done thank you thank you it's just over five years ago I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling. <laughs>